Welcome to There Are Levels to This Chick podcast, a place where we aim to engage, empower, educate, and entertain. Please welcome your host, Sangay Smith, a regular chick with opinions to share. Hello, hello, and welcome back to There Are Levels to This Chick. Today, we are doing a second episode in the Colorism series, and we're here with our segment, Conversations with a Gemini. Time to roll out the fanfare as we have a guest today, which means it's time for Conversations with a Gemini. And we have our wonderful, amazing, awesome, fantabulous, beautiful, gorgeous. All right, I'm going to stop now. Courtney oh with us today. Gosh. Hey, Court. Hi, Sergey. Thanks. <laughs> what? They're all true descriptions of who you are. I can't help it if I just know that that's who you are. Well, I appreciate that, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. How's your day going today? It's- going. I can't complain. I really can't. With everything that's going on, I I won't complain. (laughs) You know what? You are right there. I I say this a lot and I say it in jest, but it's very true. I'm like, Corona's outside. I ain't going out there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to take a a, a step out on faith, Sangay. It's all right. You know, I I have gone out. I've gone to uh, maybe one restaurant and I'm supposed to do something else with a friend that I haven't. We had to cancel because unfortunately they had something going on uh, in the family. But I, I've definitely been trying to get out into the world, as they say, <laughs> which is weird to say because it just was normal for you to want to go outside. And now it's like, mm, I'm good. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> So I really um, wanted to take the time to say just thank you for joining us for today's episode. I, um, While we're starting and we're having fun and we're enjoying the conversation, this is definitely a, a topic that I take very seriously and I think is very important. And I know you also agree. And I think that I wanted to kind of um, get the perspective of others outside of myself, because when you talk about something that's a lived experience, then it's your experience. So there may be others who experience it similarly, differently, or haven't experienced it at all. So as I said before, today we're going to talk about colorism. And today I want to actually focus on colorism from the perspective of a dark-skinned person, or more specifically, a dark-skinned woman. Uh, Both Courtney and I are dark-skinned women. That's our experience, and that's what we're going to talk about. I think it's also important to note that this isn't the end of the series. I feel that it's important to give voice to all people of color who want to have that conversation. So I will have another episode that centers around the light skin experience, um, whether that's male or female, and we'll continue that on because I think it's valid and I think it's very important. But today we're just focusing on that dark skin experience. And so if you're listening to this episode, then don't feel like um, the perspective of others are being left out. It's just being minimized because it's such a vast topic that impacts so many people in so many different ways that it's important to not kind of trivialize it by trying to put it into a 20 minute window and talking about everything, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to, um, 
start off, I know you and I had kind of discussed a little bit uh, beforehand before coming into the episode, some things that we've either read or um, I know we both watched the the first part of the Dark Girl series. So I kind of wanted to get your opinions on either the Dark Girls documentary or any of the articles that you read and see if you had any thoughts on what you read or what you got from those readings? Sure. Well, I'll start with, because I did listen to part one um, of your colorism episode. And just to basically piggyback off of that, um, what colorism is to me, I basically saw it um, as an internal racism within our people, people of color, um, or basically discrimination based on your skin color. And I think what always frustrated me was why as a group of people who have melanin, why we would perpetuate the same hate that white supremacy has imposed on us for hundreds of years. Um, I don't know how we can go about rectifying that, but it's very, very frustrating. Um, It's just kind of insane to think how white supremacy over these years has kind of like left us so disenfranchised that we really hate the beauty of us being able to produce people of different shades, different melanin, you know? Um, and I just don't know how we can, how we continue to perpetuate that. Um, it's left- well, you know, I agree with you. Yeah. No, like seriously. Um, and it's it's a lasting psychological effect. I'm 32 and I still am dealing with some insecurities. No, I definitely understand that. And I think um, one of the things I, I, I kind of piggybacked and touched on in the first part of the series is that in order to understand colorism now, you have to understand how it was created and what it started from. Colorism started from fear. Colorism started from the the need for survival. And so when it was brought about and the people who perpetuated it, specific to the Black culture, not the white culture, there wasn't started... I think in part was from fear, fear of what black people could do, but also because they wanted to make them subordinate. But speaking specifically about once uh, slaves were free and people were free, why it continued, um, a lot of people were scared. And the darker you were, the easier you were identifiable as a black person. So they ingrained that mindset into themselves. They ingrained that mindset into their kids who then went from generation to generation to generation. And it's kind of like a chain in a way that has been linked to every single generation that does need to get broken, but it's not partially broken because people are unwilling to recognize that it's there. They're like, oh, I don't see a chain. Well, it's invisible. I'm not saying there's a physical chain on you. I'm saying that there is an emotional, psychological chain Mm -hmm. that's linking you to this idea of what beauty is and what Blackness means or what Blackness should represent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I completely agree. Um, And then also with the, there was an article that you sent over, um, it was entitled The Persistent Problem of Colorism, Skin Tone, Status, Inequality. Um, And it basically broke down kind of what you just said. Um, And it brings me to the point of really questioning the psyche of a dark-skinned person, Mm -hmm. um, but more specifically, a dark-skinned woman. 
because now you're dealing with racism, we're dealing with colorism, and then we have sexism too. Um, right. You know, so that's a trend, not in a good way. Right. Oh gosh, I can't say words this dang Jamaican. I said, I don't know what I said. It's like how I say tree uh-huh. instead of three. Yes. <sighs> H's, man. <laughs> you are making a valid point, but I just wanted to point out that it's my Jamaican culture that is making me not be able to say the word okay. threat. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Those oh, people know, you know. So that's all we're, that's all we care about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we're literally being penalized for the hue <laughs> of our complexion. Um, and I think people don't really understand that, especially our counterparts, which makes it hurt all the more. You know what I mean? It's like we got to go out and we got to deal with the white supremacy. We got to deal with the microaggressions at work. You know what I mean? So we don't come across as the angry black woman. We got to deal with our own kind, not wanting us or finding us attractive. It's a lot to peel apart. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. But I, to the point that you made that we get it from our own, mm-hmm. I think part of the problem why we get it from our own as well is because they don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand what it means. For someone who understands and believes in colorism, they don't perpetuate colorism. Only the people who either don't believe that it doesn't exist, that it's over-exaggerated, or doesn't even feel that it's valid, perpetuated, from my experience of what I've seen. And, and I think that's something to, to consider is there is a level of ignorance mm-hmm. that um, people who don't find it necessary to speak to it or speak about it have. And it, it it's not going to change until that person gets to the point where they're like, oh, snap, this is actually valid. And uh, this is my experience, or this is my mom's experience, or this is my sister's experience. Until they live in it, uh-huh. then I think that's the part that that makes it hard. I can see that. I can see what you're um, saying there. So <laughs> what were you going to say? No, that's what I'm saying. I, I can see... I can see how that happens. I see what you're saying with that. I guess for me, I was just kind of like, no, you don't want to know. You know what I mean? Or, you, exactly. you know, so you breaking it down that way. Okay. Maybe I can have some compassion for some people. <laughs> no, honestly, I think it's very true is that there's a separation of it. So I'm going to quote someone who you're going to be like, Sange. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really quoting this person right now? But I'm definitely about to quote Tiffany New York Pollard. Oh, because <laughs> she made a very valid point. She was on this show with um this light skinned lady, I can't remember, Laura something or whatever the case is. And she, the girl Laura, said to another castmate, Oh, it would be really nice if there were more light skinned people here. And so um, when they got on this panel and they were talking about it, Tiffany asked her, like, well, why did you say that? She was like, it was just something I said. And she was like, well, it was no point. And then the girl, she looks more Hispanic, but she then claimed that she was black. She was like, well, I'm black too. And uh, Tiffany was like, if you're black, then stand in your blackness in all shades. Yeah. Don't just be black to be light or black to be, um, 
biracial or black to be fair skin, be black to be black, be black to be dark skin. Like all of that is a part of blackness. And for you to just stand in it when it's applicable to you or the ones that look like you doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I did see that. <laughs> and I gave her, I her props. Like, oh, <laughs> Tiffany, I agree with you a thousand percent. I did a round of applause for her. I did see that clip. It's true. It's true. Um, and and I think you are going to touch on this, but, you know, not to discredit or maybe not on this podcast, actually, but not to discredit that light skinned women are light skinned people in general. Of course, they face racism. You're black. You know, it doesn't matter. You're, you're black. You're black. You're black. So that standard racism will always be there. But you cannot minimize the difference between how light skinned people are treated versus us dark skinned people like to me that you're sounding like the 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 white person who's colorblind to everything you know there there is a difference although we all struggle there is a minor difference no and i agree and one of the most common ones that you can look at is when people are insulting dark-skinned people they're talking about how black they are mm-hmm. they're a tar baby they're they're all of these negative things one of the main insults that i have seen or heard that are commonly spewed at light-skinned or fair-skinned women is you think you're better than us don't you so even in an insult, it's being <laughs> it's perpetuated not, yep. that you're better. Right, right. It's still that white is right. It's still that. That's the undertone. You're right. Anything that yeah. we say to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so when I say that, it's not to minimize the fact that while they're having that experience, it's not hurtful to them. That's not the point. What I'm saying is even in trying to say, it's kind of like how a stereotype for Asian people is that they're nerds and they're good at math. (laughs) It's a stereotype and it's said to them sometimes to be negative, but it's really not. (laughs) Is it really a negative thing to be considered good at math? Maybe, maybe not. Is it really a negative thing to be considered to be beautiful or thinking? Maybe the idea of thinking that you're better than someone, but the idea that others think that you are better simply because of your skin color, not in the same way. So true. So, so true. I know, I don't know if you've had a lot of experiences, a little bit of experiences, but can you think of an experience that really like stuck to you that really, um, kind of showcased to you that colorism was really real or maybe one of your first experiences that kind of jolted you? Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) listen, and it's funny because I would say I've had more experience with colorism then racism. Um, maybe racism just wasn't as blatant and I didn't pick up on it, but definitely could tell you about colorism. Um, and it's come from my counterparts, my male counterparts. Um, there, I've gotten compliments saying, uh, well, backhanded compliments, you know, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Oh, I hate that yeah, one. Exactly. Um, that's a main one. Uh, there was one guy when I was younger, uh, he, he was light skinned, um, from Guyana. So he was Caribbean and I don't think he meant it in an evil way. Um, I think he was just like literally just stating facts. He's like, I usually, uh, go for light skinned girls. He was like, but you know, Oh, I hate that one even more. Like, then why are you talking to me? (laughs) And I think because I was young, 
it didn't register, but nobody better step to me with that bullshit now. Like, wait, can I curse? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh my God. It, 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 this is a, this is an adult channel. <laughs> Well, nobody better come to me with we that. We talk crap. about adult things, so <laughs> you can say adult words. Hilarious. <laughs> I'll, I'll minimize it though, because I don't want to sound ignorant. But <laughs> no one better approach me with that mess now. I wouldn't accept it now. Um, I, I, I just, I've learned to separate myself from men who their preference is their preference. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Not that I agree with it. For some people, I I believe it's more than just a preference. Um, but hey, I'll go by what you tell me. Um, no longer am I trying to plead, uh, you know, my case to them anymore. I'll just go right. for men who will who like me. You know what I mean? Um, and oh, so another example with the whole uh, the coming from the men, it's from like Black American men. So. I could go into a group of, let's just say, African men, right? And I'll feel confident. I don't have to sit back and kind of wait to see if I could pick up on the black guy that doesn't talk to black girls because you can. I can point them out. You know what I mean? Like, I won't approach an American black man with the fear of, hey, does he even like his own kind? And I feel like no other race of woman has to do that. It's only black women. No, that's very valid. Yeah. No, I, seriously. I can't think of another race even culture <laughs> within a race <laughs> that has to question whether or not the men within their culture will want them, want them or will date them or if it's their preference to date them or not to date them. Right. And see, I almost would say, I don't know. I Like, I know there's other like people of color, like uh, Latinas and stuff that go through the whole dark skin, light skin thing. But they do. But you're mm-hmm. right. I don't know if they're men purposely like, won't talk to them because they're darker hued. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good point. But I know for a fact. I think it happens where they may, they, they do have that issue. Cause I was watching this um, one comedian. She talked about that, how um, her mom and her dad, um, their, her grandmother did not want them to get married. And because her mom was darker skin and she wasn't even dark skin. She was just darker. <laughs> She's like, brown gotcha. <laughs> and her her um grandmother was going to disown her dad because he was brought home a darker skinned woman she was like why do you have to choose this dark person you need to marry somebody light and fair skin wow that's it, it happens a lot i know i think she was from the dominican republic i have another couple friends who are from puerto rico and i know in brazil it's crazy <laughs> um but it's interesting to me like you said earlier that you don't feel that around african men yeah no but then that doesn't also tie to me with how um rampant bleaching is in some african countries so is it that the bleaching is happening because the women just want to be lighter or is it something that's happening with the men? Like that's a connection that I would want to understand because if they're accepting of a dark skinned American woman, mm-hmm. why would they not be accepting of a dark skinned woman from their country? Okay. So, okay. Now to counter that, you have American black men who won't settle with a dark skinned American, but might get the dark skinned Dominican or the dark yeah. you see what i'm saying so it, it might be like the same thing oh well they're foreign so they're like the upgraded version okay of, 50 cent 
Hmm. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sorry. I said, okay, 50 Cent. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. Dead ass, though. Like, <laughs> dead ass. 50 Cent. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, maybe that has something. To, I don't know. I was just saying because I, I honestly don't get that from African men that they don't like dark skinned women. If you're attractive, you're attractive and that's it. And, and, and that's yeah, what they're. No. Yeah. And I, it could be just the Western culture our Western culture, like invading their area. And they, you know, just like how we're brainwashed to think white is right. That's probably what the women over there do. To maybe keep well, you know, pretty much every country in Africa, with the exception, I think, of two. I know Ethiopia is one of them was colonized at some point, whether it was by the French, (laughs) the English, or Spanish. So they definitely had those same things ingrained within their culture and their hierarchy. So I can definitely see and understand that it comes from that. But it's just how it is portrayed and how it's seen. Because also, if you go there and you look at their their TV, the same issues that they have with the media and representation, they have there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it you're seeing very fair-skinned people on advertisement. You're seeing very fair-skinned people in movies and TV. Now, fair-skinned women. With men, they're allowed to be darker. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to to have that that um, rich chocolate hue and be perfect and be handsome and everything. But the women yeah. are usually lighter skin. You're right. The the they cast the love interest as the the fairer one. Um, I don't know how and why um, darker skinned kind of got stereotyped as like you know like masculine. Um, you know, um, aggressive, sassy, or very, like you said, over-sexualized. We are really like, and when they say the black woman is uh, the most disrespected, and I I don't want to perpetuate the whole colorism, but I feel like when they speak on that black woman, it is the... Oh, it's 100% valid. I agree with Malcolm X when he said that. (laughs) Yeah, but I believe he's speaking to the 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 definition of a black woman i'm talking dark skin you know what i mean uh a wide nose big lips like everything associated with black i feel like it's that specific group that's the most disrespected no i definitely i i can see the villa dd in that and i agree with that i think it also i Feel um, to your point of understanding or going back to why you feel like dark skinned women are considered as aggressive as they are. I've thought about it and I think that it is overflow from the aggression, the anger, the masculinity that is perpetuated with dark skinned men. If you look at men, dark skinned men are considered the more aggressive, they're considered the stronger, they're considered the more dominant. And light-skinned men, in a lot of cases, are considered either the weaker, more docile, calmer. So I feel like because that association of dark-skinned men, that trickled down to dark-skinned women as well. And you also have to think about the fact that a lot of... uh, As time progressed and you're going into the 50s, 60s, 70s, 
it may have been that these darker women were not chosen, quote unquote, as often to be the wives and things like that in certain situations. So they were a lot more independent. And you grow up in a household where your grandma, your mom Mm -hmm. either is married and they're going to teach you, you should be independent, rely on yourself, do everything for yourself. And I think a lot of women ingrain these ideas into their heads about independence and that trickles into who they are today. Does that mean they're aggressive? No, I'm just... um, speaking to kind of how that flowed into where we are today. Mm -hmm. But I think it's part of the reason why is because the same stereotypes in certain ways are there for men as they are for women. The impact is just different. Definitely different. Yeah, definitely. I like that breakdown. And it's almost like, it's just, it's a, a never ending cycle because the the independence that you spoke of of women now that you mention it it's almost like yeah like they're all like darker hued women almost because it's like the men will you even like with the future situation right with Eliza Rain I think was her name yeah that's the only BM that he kind of like really disrespected right she's she's darker right. skinned you know called her ugly called her this and I feel it, I don't want to perpetuate it. But I feel like it is usually the darker skinned women who are single and have to be independent because the men just want to, you know, have sex. I almost cursed again. Want to have sex. And well, I'll go back to somebody who we both, uh, not that I don't respect her, but we can say has a, a level of respectability that may be higher than Eliza. Do <laughs> you remember with the whole uh, Me Too movement when Lupita Nyong'o came out and talked about what happened with her and the person who shall not be named on on my network, mm-hmm. my, uh, my podcast talked about what he did to her. Mm-hmm. She was the only person he specifically was like, that didn't happen. That's a lie. And tried to discredit everybody else. He's like, it's a misinterpretation. That's not how it happened. Uh-huh. But her, he specifically went at and attacked in a way and was like, that's a lie. She's not telling the truth. Like, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So it's just, it's just interesting. It's easy to attack us because when we're attacked, we're not defended. Right. At all. From all sides. <laughs> Our own counterparts. So, and I, and that's what I don't understand because we, I think it, it kind of coincides with the, how Black women are aren't as likely to date outside of their race. We kind of like try to right. hold on to our, and we, that that's through everything in life. When they're, when our black men are getting shot up by cops, we're out there marching, like we're there for them. And it could be media per- portraying it or, you know, uh, misrepresenting, but it does feel like they don't support us or protect us like we do. But I also um, want to play devil's advocate with that. We don't, protect and support ourselves. Wow. There's a lot of women out there who dog out other women simply because of how they look. I was just on Instagram and looking at something. Actually, I was listening, watching YouTube. There's a young lady who has a channel. I think her name is Laura. Laura, I can't remember her name, but anyways, she was talking about Biggie Smalls' daughter, who's a dark-skinned woman. And I think recently it was a birthday and this blog posted her. And 
the horde of people just going in on her looks, talking to them. They're looking at the background. They're like balloons in the background and there's like a cake or something. People are commenting like, oh, that balloon looks wonderful. Oh, that cake looks great. Or she just being very negative and being very mean to her. And the majority of comments were black women. Wow. We are very, very mean to each other, <laughs> like to the utmost degree. So I, at the end of the day, while I do believe that there's a large portion of the pain that we feel toward with colorism coming from black men, there's also a lot of it coming from other black women who either are in the same guise of just really not understanding what they're doing. They think it's funny to make fun of certain things or to compare dark skinned women to dudes or to just the way that we operate and think it's comedy and think it's funny. The self-deprecation that I see on apps like TikTok where like, and this one, this young lady too, at some point posted, I may be ugly, but people love me. On a public platform where probably millions of people are seeing that, and that's really how she feels about herself. That's not just coming from her being in her own head. That's being ingrained, and that's because of the comments and the things that are being said on both sides. And that's to the point that I was going to make earlier with the media, that's part of the media representation mm-hmm. uh, of us, of black women, and especially of dark skinned black women. Like Pam was one of my favorite characters on Martin, mm-hmm. but as the dark skinned one, she was angry. Mm-hmm. She was aggressive. She was always the one who was fighting Martin. Yep. She couldn't hold down a positive relationship. She, she just always was in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Even if you look at, um, Carrie Washington, if you look at uh, How to Get with Away with Murder, mm-hmm. a dark-skinned girl can't be happy to save her life. She always got to have problems. That's true. You're right. <laughs> always. You're right. <laughs> you are so You're right. Like, Let us live and be happy. <laughs> I, yo, because I, I guess they don't think we deserve to be, girl. I don't know. It's crazy, yo. That, that... I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't think we should, we deserve to be. It's that that's the trope and that's what sells. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's the idea or that's ingrained because a lot of times when you look at these shows, the people who are writing them don't really know that many black people. They know what they've seen on TV and they know kind of the idea of what's been successful before. So why not capture that formula and continue to do it? So you, I think you've given them too much the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm not saying all of them. (laughs) I'm just saying that, that I think that it's, that's a part of it because I know I'm not as, I don't say that you're pessimistic. I'm real. No, I'm I feel like I, I do agree that I will sometimes be a little bit more uh, naive in my thinking about certain things, but I also understand and I believe that there are people who do things that are intentional in the way that they do it and are, are intentionally trying to perpetrate um, or display us in a certain way. And then I think there's some people who just, just don't get it or don't understand it. Hmm. And it just flies over because they've never experienced it. 
And if you've never experienced something or understand how it could happen, how do I expect you to be able to see it when you do it? Mm -hmm. If you've never, if you don't know German, Mm -hmm. and if you're reading something in German, are you going to understand it? Right. No. You may be able to be like, ah, that looks like a Slavic language, but you're not going to be able to understand it. So I think that that's one of the things that I feel that we we have to find the balance of. We need to be able to find the balance where we're calling people out for their stuff, but understanding that it may not be intentional and being willing to have that conversation versus just sometimes attacking. Because one of the things that I see is when you attack, a person just pulls back and is unwilling to even change or do anything different. They're just going to continue it on either away from you or have this negative image. But if you're willing to have that conversation, I feel like not in all cases, but in some cases you can actually help and create an effect change. I agree. But, but to your example, we're in 2020 now and there's people getting called out left and right. You mean to tell me these people can't learn from other people's mistakes at this point? So like for me, I just stay away from it. I just told you that there's black person that don't know what colorism is. Your grandma don't know what colorism is. (laughs) She just didn't know the word. That's all. (laughs) Oh, don't be trying to save grandma. No, I'm just kidding. Grandma, I love you. Please don't don't come for me. I respect you so much. Oh my gosh. But like, I mean, I'm not negating what you said. I, I totally get it. But I just feel like at this point, like I'm tired of talking. So unless you're coming and asking me wanting to learn more, then fine, I will take the time. But no longer am I pleading with anyone our case anymore. Like it's ridiculous at this point. You know what? I agree with that. I do not think that we should be going to plead because we shouldn't have to beg for your respect and we shouldn't have to beg for someone to see us for who we are. So I agree with you a hundred percent there. But um, I think to what you just said, where when sometimes people ask, they're being told, don't ask me nothing. You should know better. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, you are saying that you want people to change. You're saying that um, this is an issue, but you're unwilling to help somebody get to the other side. So I, I think it's important that especially when it comes to like colorism and things like this, that when we're having that conversation with others, it's not an attack and it's not, you're horrible, you're terrible, you're this, you're that. It's being able to literally have a conversation and be like, this is what the experience is. Mm-hmm. What do you, what have you experienced and why do you believe what you believe? And we can get a lot further with that than just being like, you're trash, you're terrible. This is why, you know, I think that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely agree, but pray for me and my patience. cannot deal with you. But you know, and the things that you talked about in your experience, I've I've experienced the same thing. And um what I was going to say when you commented on the idea of this guy saying to you, I I don't normally mm-hmm. uh date dark-skinned women. Mm-hmm. When you're younger and I feel like I felt the same way, you feel like that's like a a, a compliment, compliment or that right. you're special. 
Right. You're like, oh yeah, he don't normally date people like me. And, but I and him. then people like, girl, me. people like, wait a mother sucking minute. What do you mean? Like, back up, bro. Right. Like, nah, you ain't gonna do me like this. Oh, yeah. Like they couldn't come to me you with didn't that. Even now. Have to tell me that. And the reason you told me that is to make me feel special so that you can you can tell me something to to give me like, hey, here's a bone. I'm get I'm throwing you a bone because you're not normally what I'm looking right. for, but I'll take you because you seem to be better than the rest. Uh Right. Nah, fam. Yeah. Subtly implanting insecurities, like dead ass. And I did not realize it. It's actually a thing where dudes will do backwards compliments because women are more likely, a lot of women are more likely to be receptive and responsive to it. Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Like, because like I said, I think even with the whole you're pretty for dark skin, like I think it just did not click at that time. You know, all I heard was pretty and oh, he thinks I'm pretty at least. You know what I mean? Like, right. Dog, that, but that wouldn't go down now at 32 years old. I'll probably fight a dude at that point. But. See, <laughs> I don't have bail money to come get you out of jail. <laughs> So I'm gonna need you to keep it cute and keep it mute. Just walk away. <laughs> You're the reason why they think we angry. No, oh, I know, right? You're right. That's perpetuating the stereotype. Okay, I'll keep it cute and keep it. We mute. can't perpetuate the stereotype, yep, man. I know. They be like, see, see, she said she'll go hit us. Yep. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'll just walk away. <laughs> Just walk away. And you know, that's one of the things that I, I have learned to do. Or if I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you very eloquently. I don't have to cuss at you. I don't have to call you out your name. But you going to hear what I have to say, and it's going to be crisp, and it's going to be clean. And at the end of it, you ain't got nothing to do. You can't say I'm, I'm me. You can't say I'm disrespectful. You can't say any of those things because I told the truth, but I didn't have to come out of my character to do it right right i like that but sometimes you do need to come out of your character though some people deserve that (laughs) but that's not perpetuating a stereotype because all people do that in every culture (laughs) everybody pops off no seriously (laughs) okay and then now that you mentioned that that's what i'm saying like with us we're ghetto we're this we're that but a latina is just as feisty with the mouth that is very true. It's be like, ah, oh, she's so fiery. Yeah, right, right, right. She's so she's so feisty. It's passion. You know what I mean? That that it again, perpetuating stereotypes with hues. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, so thank you. Um I think you you really made some good points and I really appreciate your perspective. I always love talking no to you about problem. stuff like this because I think that we see th- for the most part, I think we see things roughly the same, but there's definitely some differences. I think you're more Malcolm X where I'm Martin. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely take that because you're too peaceful for me. Gotta let these people <laughs> and know. That's okay. Uh, at the end of the day, we want the same result. And as both of them learned, um, both of their methods were not perfect and they kind of needed each other. So I need you, girl. I need you, <laughs> I need you too. I appreciate our talk. Um, but is there anything else you kind of wanted to touch on that uh, could come to mind? No, no. I mean, I, that pretty much was my experience. Um, I think after discussing it, it does kind of shock me that it's come 
from my own male counterparts more so than any other ethnicity. Um, and random Jamaican girls at parties. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that's a story for another time. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And she was lighter than me. She was lighter than me. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic, though. But, um, yeah, that I, I don't know. I think maybe that'll be something I'll dive into just to kind of why is it that it's coming more so from your own counterpart than other races? Like I, I would feel a little uncomfortable, like I said, walking into a room with black men versus maybe a group of white men. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I've never felt inferior uh, amongst like white men or like I said, African men. It's my own. And when you say uncomfortable, I know you don't mean like they're going to do something. I mean, yeah, I know no. you mean uncomfortable from the perspective of feeling wanted or yes, welcomed. Definitely. Thanks for clarifying. So let's clarify that before anybody starts coming. Listen, I love my black men. Y'all just don't love me. <laughs> no, but thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, that's what I meant. More so <laughs> confidence wise. I'm not. Nope, that, that makes confident. sense. Yeah. I think that's very valid. I I don't know if I've consciously thought about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's my experience, I feel like though with me, I go into a room, I go into a room. I don't really necessarily think about it that way, but I think if it's somebody that I see that's cute, I do think about if they would like me. This was when I was people. All right. Not right now. Um, so I would think about if they would like me, but I, I don't know if I thought about it, if they would like me because of my skin color. I never really consciously knew that I I thought about it like that. And I can't remember thinking about it like that. But maybe it was a part of the reasoning why I would be like, nah, I'm not going to say anything. But I can't consciously think of it. Okay. See, you're just all around positive. Mm-hmm. Look, ma'am. <laughs> I think subconsciously. So You know how many times I try to just be like, (laughs) just be like, nah, forget everybody. I'm going to be like, it don't work. It don't last very long. Don't change. Don't change. He calls me a buttercup all the time. He's just like, you're just too nice. Yeah. And he says it as an insult. And I know he kind of means it like, (laughs) but I can't help it. It's just who I am. It's just my programming. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's all right. That's why I'm here. I'll, I'll guide you through. <laughs> <laughs> he said the same thing. He <laughs> did. See? <laughs> oh, God. Wait. Hey, at least I know one thing is I got backup. So yes. that's all we know. Just a phone call away, boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I got you, too. Because I just because I'm a buttercup don't mean I, I won't be there if you need me now. Come on. I got you. I got oh, you. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I had a... I, as I said before, this podcast, the the goal of it is to educate, entertain, um, and, and come from a place of love, uh, come from a place of empowerment, come from a place of experience, um, and be able to have a good conversation, but also have a good time. We're not just here to be like, 
well, this is this. That's not who we are. We're 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 here to to tell the truth as our experiences have shown us. And I really appreciate you, Court, for coming on today and talking about this topic. Um, as I said, with this, colorism is a series. Um, there will be some topics that I think are too big for one episode, so I'll make them into a series. This will be one of those topics. So thank you so much for joining us today for uh, hearing what we had to say, for listening with what we have to say. If you uh, agree, leave a comment. If you don't agree, leave a comment. And let's talk um, about it. <laughs> you can find me on, don't be laughing at me. Look, I need to hear this. Uh, we can have open dialogue. That's what it is. Right. We got to have open dialogue. So just leave a comment. Let us know what you feel. You can find me on Instagram, or you can find me on Facebook at um, our page, which is There Are Levels to This Chick. But most importantly, you could go to my website, therelevelstothischick.com, and be able to not only access the episode uh, through the podcast player, but also the blog, and be able to continue this conversation. Please be great and continue growing into our greatness. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to There Are Levels to This Chick podcast. To submit your state with your chest rants and read our newest blog posts, please check out the official podcast website, therearelevelstothischick.com. If you want to chat with me about today's topic or even give me ideas on what you would like to hear me talk about, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the description below. Remember, kinfolk, we are here to grow into greatness together.